Chapter Twenty Three of the Legacy of Cain. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Legacy of Cain by Wilkie Collins, Eunice's Diary. Only two days now before we give our little dinner party, and Philip finds his opportunity of speaking to Papa. Oh, how I wish that day had come and gone! I try not to take gloomy views of things, but I am not quite so happy as I had expected to be when my dear was in the same town with me. If Papa had encouraged him to call again, we might have had some precious time to ourselves. As it is, we can only meet in the different show places in the town, with Helena on one side, and Miss Jogel on the other, to take care of us. I do call it cruel not to let two young people love each other without sitting third persons to watch them. If I was Queen of England, I would have pretty private bowers made for lovers, in the summer. Nice warm little rooms to hold, too, in the winter. Why not? What harm could come of it, I should like to know. The cathedral is the place of meeting which we find most convenient under the circumstances. There are delightful nooks and corners about the celebrated building in which lovers can lag behind. If we had been in Papa's chapel, I should have hesitated to turn it into such a profane use as this. The cathedral doesn't so much matter. Shall I own that I felt my inferiority to Helena a little keenly? She could tell Philip so many things that I should have liked to tell him first. My clever sister taught him how to pronounce the name of the bishop who began building the cathedral. She led him over the crypt and told him how old it was. He was interested in the crypt. He talked to Helena, not to me, of his ambition to write a work on cathedral architecture in England. He made a rough little sketch in his book of our famous tomb of some king. Helena knew the late royal person to his name, and Philip showed his sketch to her before he showed it to me. How can I blame him when I stood there, the picture of stupidity, trying to recollect something that I might tell him, if it was only the dean's name? Helen might have whispered it to me, I think. She remembered it, not I, and mentioned it to Philip, of course. I kept close by him all the time, and now and then he gave me a look which raised my spirits. He might have given me something better than that, I mean, a kiss, when we had left the cathedral and were by ourselves for a moment in the corner of the dean's garden, but he missed the opportunity. Perhaps he was afraid of the dean himself coming that way, happening to see us. However, I am far from thinking the worse of Philip. I gave his arm a little squeeze, and that was better than nothing. He and I took a walk along the bank of the river today. My sister and Miss Jogel looking after us as usual. On our way through the town, Helena stopped to give an order at a shop. She asked us to wait for her. That best of good creatures, Miss Jogel, whispered in my ear, Go on by yourselves, leave me to wait for her. Philip interpreted this act of kindness in a manner which would have vexed me, if I had not understood that it was one of his jokes. He said to me, Miss Jokel sees the chance of annoying your sister, and enjoys the prospect. Well, we went away together. It was just what I wanted. It gave me an opportunity of saying something to Philip between ourselves. I could now beg of him, in his interests and mine, to make the best of himself when he came to dinner. Clever people, I told him, were people who Papa liked and admired. I said, let him see, dear, how clever you are, and how many things you know, and you can't imagine what a high place you will have in his opinion. I hope you don't think I am teaching too much on myself and telling you how to behave. He relieved that doubt in a manner which I despair of describing. His eyes rested on me with such a look of exquisite sweetness and love that I was obliged to hold by his arm. I trembled so with the pleasure of feeling it. I do sincerely believe, he said that you are the most innocent, the sweetest, truest girl that ever lived. I wish I was a better man, Eunice. I wish I was good enough to be worthy of you. To hear him speak of himself in that way jarred on me, 
If such word had fallen from any other man's lips, I should have been afraid that he had done something, or thought something in which he had reason to feel ashamed. With Philip this was impossible. He was eager to walk on rapidly, and to turn a corner in the path before we could be seen. I want to be alone with you, he said. I looked back. We were too late. Helena and Miss Jogel had nearly overtaken us. My sister was on the point of speaking to Philip, and she seemed to change her mind, and only looked at him. Instead of looking at her in return, he kept his eyes cast down and drew figures on the pathway with a stick. I think Helena was out of temper. She suddenly turned my way. Why didn't you wait for me? she asked. Philip took her up sharply. If Eunice likes seeing the river better than waiting in the street, he said, isn't she free to do as she pleases? Helena said nothing more. Philip walked on slowly by himself. Not knowing what to make of it, I turned to Miss Jogel. Surely Philip can't have quarreled with Helena, I said. Miss Jogel answered in an odd, offhand manner. Not he. He is a great deal more likely to have quarreled with himself. Why? Suppose you ask him why? It was not to be thought of. It would have looked like prying into his thoughts. Selina, I said, there is something odd about you today. What's the matter? I don't understand you. My poor dear, you will find yourself understanding you before long. I thought I saw something like pity in her face when she said that. My poor dear? I repeated. What makes you speak to me in that way? I don't know. I'm tired. I'm an old fool. I'll go back to the house. Without another word, she left me. I turned to look for Philip and saw that my sister had joined him while I had been speaking to Miss Jogel. It pleased me to find that they were talking in a friendly way when I joined them. A quarrel between Helena and my husband that is to be, no, my husband that shall be, would have been too distressing, too unnatural, I might almost call it. Philip looked along the backward path and asked what had become of Miss Jogel. Have you any objection to follow her example? he said to me, when I told him that Selina had returned to the town. I don't care for the banks of this river. Helena, who used to like the river at times, was as ready as Philip to leave it now. I fancy they had both been kindly waiting to change our walk till I came to them, and they could study my wishes, too. Of course, I was ready to go wherever they pleased. I asked Philip if there was anything that he would like to see when we got into the streets again. Clever Helena suggested what seemed to be a strange amusement to offer to Philip. Let's take him to the girls' school, she said. It appeared to be a matter of perfect indifference to him. He was what they call ironical. Oh, yes, of course, deeply interesting, deeply interesting. He suddenly broke into the wildest good spirits, and tucked my hand under his arm with a gaiety which it was impossible to resist. What a boy you are, Helena said, enjoying his delightful hilarity as I did. End of chapter 23